Hello, hello, I'm Dana Wilson, and this is Words That Move Me. I move people. I choreograph movies, music videos, and TV shows. I dance for pop stars. I coach some really awesome people. But what I truly love is to learn, share, and inspire clarity and confidence in my fellow movers and shakers. So if you are navigating a creative career or simply want to live a little more funky and free, then settle in because this is for you. Well, hello there. I'm Dana. This is Words That Move Me. And I am stoked that you're here. Thank you for stopping by, San Diego. That is not my tagline. Do you know what my tagline is? My tagline is keep it funky because I think funky is a great way to keep it. And y'all, this episode is very, very funky because my guest today is the fabulous and the oh-so-funky Zuse Morales. But before we get into that, let's celebrate some wins. We start every episode here with wins. Wins, big or small, are worthy of your airtime, and they are worthy of celebration. So I will kick us off. Today, I am celebrating, wait for it, cleaning out a drunk, a drunk? Cleaning out a junk drawer. That's hard to say. Uh, it's in my hallway here. It's part of a manicurist's table. I have a manicurist's table. It's a vintage. It's where I keep my junk. Anyways, it's just there. Anyways, every time I open this drawer, my heart races and my triangle of sadness, the space between my eyebrows, furrows. And I'm just noticing, as I say that, this is a big and small win because the drawer itself is small. But when I cleared it, I also cleared space for peace in my life. And every time I open that drawer, I will feel a lightness. So that's me. Now you go. Uh, what are you celebrating? What are you clearing space for in your world? Congratulations, my friend. Keep crushing, keep clearing space, uh, and keep winning. And also keep it funky. Okay, let's keep it moving. Today I'm talking to Zuse Morales about funk, about community, and also about being a woman in a male-dominated space, which is to say most of the working world, but especially the street dance scene. She is so, so, so funky, so bright, and so generous for sharing her fantastic story with us today. So buckle up and enjoy the one and only Zuse Morales. Let's judge our hair, shall Let's we? Go. Let's go. Let's judge. Okay, I'm judged. I'm judged. You're Zuse. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Oh my God, Zuse Morales. Hi. Hi. I'm so excited. Thank you for being here. I also am excited. I just did an interview earlier this morning. And I was all over my guest. And I'm going to try not to be, but I am in awe of your talent. I am in love with the way that you teach and the way that you lead. I think you're a phenomenal dancer, an example of what women, especially funky women, can be. And um, I'm really, really honored to have you. Thank you for being here. I apologize in advance if I talk too much. Please don't. Don't apologize. <laughs> Don't apologize. It's an honor to be here. Trust Thank me. you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Um, tradition on the podcast, and this for some people is the hardest part. Will you please introduce yourself? Tell us anything you would like us to know <laughs> about you. 
Everything that I would like you to know, well, obviously, well, my name is Susan Morales. Um, I am from Mexico originally, born and raised from, uh, now it's not so small, it's been growing, but it is, it is a small town called Puebla, mm -hmm. pretty much like two hours from Mexico City. Mm -hmm. I started dancing when I was eight years old because of my sister. Ah. Um, she was Same. the one, yeah, she <laughs> was the one who wanted to take jazz classes and I was that chubby kid, you know, who didn't really want to exercise, but <laughs> my mom took me into the classes, uh -huh. but I didn't like it. I didn't really like what we were doing uh -huh. there, but I stuck with it. Okay. And then I met my hip hop teacher when I was 15. That and was uh, when wait, I... Wait, so you stuck it. from 8 to 15 just on white knuckle grip, just by sticking it out? I would say 8 to 12. Okay. And then I left it, and then just by destiny, um, I met my hip hop teacher, and I started like dancing again. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, what else? Yeah, I yeah. love locking. I love whacking. I love any street dance. I love to learn. And I'm just, I've been living in LA for about eight years now. Okay. So that's about it. Yeah. Oof. I don't know exactly where I want to begin, but I, I am curious to hear in your relationship with street styles because you dance many and I love finding examples to show people that no, you don't ever have to do one thing. I mean, it was encouraged mm -hmm. in me. I, I started dance very young in a studio that offered ballet, tap, jazz, lyrical, modern, all the things. It was very encouraged that we be diverse in our mm. skill set and style set. Mm -hmm. um, but I think a lot of people have a false notion that you have to do one thing. When I got to LA and started auditioning, mm -hmm. It did seem to be a theme that people were looking for the best b-boy or the best popper or the sexiest girl or, you know, they wanted the 1% of the thing. Right. But I think that variety makes you the only thing. So why mm -hmm. be a 1% when you can be like a 0.000001%, like the only, and you really stand out as being a singular only type of person when I think about the dance landscape in LA you stand alone and so oh, I I am I, I want to know how you met it sounds like you had an influential person like as uh, this hip-hop teacher but how did you meet locking in particular and did it rest on you different than other styles because when I met locking I was like oh that's it I'm a, I have to be good at this thing mm. I love this thing and I wasn't at first but I, I loved something about it. I found out eventually that it's joy. Like the fact that it's very hard to dance locking and still be bummed. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, that's what it was for me. How did you find locking and what, how did it rest on you when you found it? Well, my story is very different from yours because um, I started with my hip hop teacher, actually. He lived here for I think like two years. So he got introduced to other street dances. And I remember this class where he taught us a little bit of locking and we didn't have any idea because in my hometown, there was no street dance. There was barely like just one hip hop class taught by him. Uh -huh. um, the rest was just jazz, ballet, you know, contemporary. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when he taught us locking and he started like teaching us a foundation, I didn't really like it. <laughs> Fascinating. Fascinating. I know several people that I really admire that do not like locking. 
Oh no. That think it's like they think it's corny. I'm just like, you haven't seen it done well. Exactly. <laughs> but okay, carry on, carry That's on. That's the thing. Like, it's not like that he was not doing it well. He was just teaching it to music that I don't like dancing, ah. locking to. And that it's something that I discovered like later. But back then what I really liked was popping. Yeah. Popping was like Ooh, you're sick it was it, that. It was that thing that I was like, I really want to learn it. I love it. I love how it feels in my body. You know, because like, again, ballet and and back in the day, thankfully, today is different. It's changing. Um, you had to be one certain type of body, mm -hmm. you know, and I've never fitted in those uh, in that category. Mm -hmm. So when I started popping and doing hip hop, I was like, I felt strong this and this is I, for me yeah, I can be this here. is for me i can be here i my it feels good in my body i just look strong you know so i i liked it but locking i i started liking it when i started taking class here in la mm -hmm. to different music mm -hmm. uh funk obviously uh james brown mm -hmm. uh prince obviously michael yeah cool and the gang uh the gap band like all of that's them. what i was gonna wear for this interview i just mm -hmm. forgot <laughs> I have a cool in the gang shirt that I was gonna wear for this. It says fresh on the front. That's fine. You'll see it later. And Sorry. I used to love that music because yeah. my mom, like, she would always play it. She would always play that type of music. And then also like dancing, locking to New Jack Swing. Mm. That was like something that really woke up something in me that said, "Oh, locking is not just this corny dance where you have to act like the clown or mm -hmm, where you have mm -hmm. to like just be." fake the happiness or you know? even where you have to be joyful exactly there's shades of locking tony basil who i'm very fortunate to have learned most of what i know about locking i know from her believes that it is sexy Absolutely. like that is a sexy dance mm -hmm. and when she does it an 80 year old woman i'm like oh i see it i see what you're talking about yeah. there's a fire and an invitation behind the eyes that's that is like about attraction mm -hmm. and when done well it is very attractive and if you see the original lockers if you see don he was never trying he was never trying to have people just laugh at laugh at yeah him. he was not trying to be a clown yeah no he was just strong yeah. it was it was don and same with um with shab even fluky even For though sure. like his personality is very like bubbly his dance just speaks for itself i think perhaps the most the the sexiest thing about locking is the abandon. It's like it's an openness, and yes, it does feel relative to popping. Maybe a little bit more performative. Like you have a a point that mm -hmm. literally calls someone out. I'm call I'm like interacting with a person versus I think most of the time I see popping done. It's internal, like almost for the self. Mm. And that's one of the things I think is intrinsic to me is I love people. I don't think I would be into dance if it was robots dancing. I like dance because I like dancers. I like people right. sharing. And I think locking just up until now is the most directly communicative other than full-blown social dances where you're in an embrace. I think locking is so communicative. So out there. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's like, I'm talking to you. I'm calling you out. You're calling me out. I'm seeing you. I'm seeing you mm -hmm. seeing me. And and I really love that about it. So for you, it was the music that helped you find the love of it. Was that is that still what it is right now? It was the music and it was like you said, the shades that locking has. You it know, can like, be so like emotional. you said, it can be it's it's sexy, it's strong. You can 
one thing that I don't really uh, believe in is that you cannot lock if you're mad, though. Like, Ooh, okay. I, ju- I, I don't, I don't feel it in my body. At least me, I can't do that. But if I'm down and I start locking, I just feel, I feel better. But uh-huh. I think what makes like locking so special is the message that Don used to say all the time. You know, like it was, it was him. Mm-hmm. It was just him. He was not a dancer. He was just a graphic artist who happened to have dancer friends and messed one step up and he created a whole new thing and he embraced it. That's what yeah. I love. He embraced his mistakes. He embraced everything that it was. And the message that he used to say like all the time was learn this dance, learn the foundation and then be yourself. So yes. I think that's what makes it so special. There is so much room for self. Yeah. Yeah. For the you-ness of it. Mm-hmm. I talked with Arnell about this on the podcast. I will link to that episode because it's such a good one. Um, I agree. I love how much space there is for individuality. And when you look at the lockers, it's apparent. Not one. And mm-hmm. that's the lock. That's a crew of this, like the original group of this style. And even within that, there's nothing but variety. Mm-hmm. No two are similar at all. So yeah, it's about variety. I love that. Thank you for calling that out. Yeah. And also for the emotional point. <laughs> Way back in 2014, at the beginning of time, I did a daily Instagram video challenge. So for a whole calendar year, for every day I did, I made an Instagram video. And one of them, I did sad locking. I called it slocking. <laughs> and I will send it to you. Please and do. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll post a little bit of it in this video. It just basically consists of every time you muscle man, you take a big... <laughs> And then you break down to your <laughs> It's the saddest thing I've ever seen. It's very, very silly, dumb. Um, but doing it, I was dying. I was laughing hysterically. It was so much fun. Okay, so that's how you found locking, but you originally loved popping. I love the way that you pop. Yeah, I could you. watch you do it all day long. Still learning. Very much <laughs> Always. so. All and for me, I... Uh, the first person to introduce me to popping was Poppin' Pete. And wow. when I watched him do it, I was like, yep, can't do that. Mm-hmm. I'd like, look at my little, especially my little, Pete. my little muscle. And <laughs> I was just especially like, Pete. especially <laughs> Pete. Yeah. And I remember him showing that it's not just, and I very much had this idea that it was about this. And he, I swear, can pop his earlobes. I did get like kind of the fever for it. I remember sitting in school, like mm. really just like trying to feel all my things working and I didn't have the discipline for that style, but locking was different for me. It was like hook, line and sinker. I was all about it. I had to do it. Okay. So you moved to LA to dance question mark. Yes. And you (laughs) trained, you went to school. I went to school Yeah, for dance and choreography and like composition and all the things. Yeah. And yet when I take your class, the way you teach is through improvisation. Is that always part of your choreographic process to improvise or to how, how do you find your choreography? I definitely didn't do that when I started teaching because really? I was, I, I was aware that I was a beginner at teaching. Ah. Um, I went to school for dance teaching and choreography and dance techniques. And also the same person that I just mentioned, uh, he started developing like more teaching techniques back home in Mm -hmm. my hometown. So every time we would just meet and just talk about teaching, you know, so uh, like I I owe a lot to him for helping me how to uh, teach street dance. um, But I also learned a lot in in college. But the the choreography thing didn't really start like that. Because again, I was aware that 
I, I don't know, maybe I'm sure that I was gonna, I was able to, uh -huh. but I was not so sure of myself because I yeah. needed more practice with yeah. teaching. Yeah. So before I used to same, I used to actually have drills, um, already like uh, already like built yep, yep, drills yep. go yep. go through that freestyle and then i would teach a combination that i previously made got it okay but, you know with practice you start noticing that you can create even more even faster and faster and faster and then i started having great students at my current class at millennium who would push me and that would kind of like want me to start digging like tapping into that uh -huh. so it was when i got to millennium when i started like doing the improvisation yeah i'm telling you and i understand what you the moment that you're explaining when your students encourage you is a moment that i love as a teacher when i feel like oh yeah the bar <laughs> is being raised mm -hmm. i have to meet it and then i have to level it up and when you when you go off in class when i see you get down the class loses it, and I know you hear us lose it. And so whatever it was that you just did is what is now the combo versus whatever I did by myself in my living room is the combo, and I hope that you like it. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. But like that real-time, in-person auditioning of the thing, making doing the thing, feeling it right now in this outfit, in these shoes, on this mm -hmm. floor, to this song, with these people, that's what happens. It's something that I really love about your class. Thank it's you. interesting. I didn't know that it wasn't always that way. Yeah. I mean, it makes it more intimate to yeah. me. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. just like you said, the the reaction of the students, it's something that I love. You know, it's it's energy when you teach and when you're a teacher. It's not that you're expecting something from your students, but of course you feed off the energy. Yeah, collective. You, it's collective. Yeah. yeah, I have once, upon the advice of a dear friend of mine, Tony Testa, decided to wing it to to go into a class on convention with no combo. Ooh. And this was a convention. Okay, I know that's <laughs> I know that's a different thing. It's a different thing. Um, but he did it all the time, and wow. I and I just want to be like Tony when I grow up. So I was like, I'm gonna do it. And I was like, I'll do it with the little kids because you know, mm. really don't recommend not having a plan <laughs> with a room full of 307 to 10 year olds. I, agree. I they school they ran me into the ground. It was terrible. It was, I wouldn't oh. recommend it. <laughs> what I found was like. Especially with that age group, you really do have to have a plan Absolutely. that has room to wiggle. And now I have, that's my favorite age group to teach now. Wow. That was quite early on. It's my favorite age group to teach because I think we're mentally the same age. I <laughs> have been very fortunate in my ability to not have to grow up all the way in my, in my career choice. Play is a fundamental part of my creative process. Mm. I must be able to be silly. I must be able to have the idea that's like, oh, wouldn't it be dumb if we just did like eight wrist rolls in a row and then nothing and then lock. And like, <laughs> wouldn't it be dumb or wouldn't it be silly or wouldn't it be funny if that's how a lot of my creative choices or conversations start? And yeah, it's just a way. But I find with that age group, it's you can't have no plan, but having yeah. a plan that has space is really, really effective. Okay. I want to sidestep from teaching. We'll come back to it for a second. I think because I read somewhere. Oh, <laughs> so I think I know. Uh -oh. <laughs> um, is it true that you won your first ever locking battle? <laughs> it is, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah, you punk. <laughs> okay, okay. I have never battled, and I'm saying this right now on this podcast. I don't ever expect to win a locking battle ever, because I, although I love to lock. I don't think I would lead with, hi, I'm Dana. Like, I'm a locker. Never, I would never dream of that. But this style happens to be 
my favorite mode of moving. It's really my favorite way to move. Mm. Possibly close second would be Marty Kadelka's movement simply because it's nice. really, it's yeah. in my DNA by this point. But anyways, back up to battling. How did you decide, number one, it's time for me to battle. I'm ready to battle. Because you met the style of dance before you battled, a, a while before, I'm imagining. Uh, yeah. And it was a <laughs> thing before. that you did by yourself or with a class. And then how did you know, like, oh, no, I'm ready. It's now. I was training under someone uh -huh. uh, for a long time. Well, m maybe it was like two years. Uh -huh. Yeah, like two years. And then with a group of people as well. Uh -huh. But I would always, like, after class, book the studio space and just... Keep geek going. out yeah. and train you know like i love that and um i remember even roberta from debbie's like mm -hmm. it was so often that i would like she would see me like just spend continuing my money. to add the, add the extra hour <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. like so spend and spend my money you know yeah, in, yeah. in rentals to the point where she was like like just just go in there like just just go don't tell anybody <laughs> so so roberta. i owe a lot to her yeah, yeah yeah i owe a lot to her this battle it was a red bull that's mm -hmm. your style. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would I would say that it was the first time that I decided to do locking. Mm -hmm. It was I I never felt ready though. Um, I remember I tried to enter a couple battles with doing maybe whacking or other stuff, and I didn't make it past prelims. But mm -hmm. that was like the only the first battle that I was going to battle like yeah, actually dance yeah. um because we didn't do prelims i just remember getting this email from red bull saying like hey we're doing this project it was the very first battle that the first time the first year that they were doing the dancer style mm -hmm. um so they were like hey we just were <laughs> trying this thing i was not like i couldn't believe it because even the wording was like we're just inviting the best free sellers in la and i was like how did how do they know about me because like i was just in my in my studio space doing in, like just training kind of you private know? yeah it was very private i used to post a couple of things but then i rem i found out that tash shout out to tash i love her she's like an inspiration for me and for a lot of lockers um an amazing woman for mm -hmm, sure mm -hmm. she was the one who referred me cool. for the dancer style and we didn't know, know like, each other we didn't that know well. each other at the time or anything so I was like, okay, and then I said yes because I was in my process of my visa and for my ah, O1 visa. And a Red Bull championship and that would, would look be pretty like, good. Yeah, that would be yep. amazing. So I was like, let's do it. And then I trained for like three months. I was not expecting anything. I was uh -huh. telling my my family and my friends, I was just if I make it if I make top eight, I'm happy because there was dancers like Yoda who I love, love. <sighs> Frantic, uh, Marie Poppins, Lily Frias, who's yeah. also Mexican. Um, and Samo. also a podcast guest. Yeah. I will link to her episode because it's fantastic. Yay. Um, <laughs> who else? Tony Ray, who just who had just won uh, Just the Boo at that time. Uh, amazing people. Yeah. It was in Avalon uh, where Carnival used to, yeah, be, yeah. used to happen. So I just remember like, I went in the first battle, I, I took it, and then I started noticing a pattern in the in the crowd, and I was like, this is not, we don't have three judges here. Uh. The crowd is the one uh. who's judging. So I owe locking to that because 
it really made me perform. Your choice was to lock because of what you noticed people responding to? Locking was the style that I had trained more at that uh -huh, time. Uh -huh. So I was like, I'm just going to lock and whack. That, okay. Those were my two my two strongest. Um, but I think that was a battle where I really showcased my locking. Yeah. Because a lot of people didn't really know that I was training locking. I was It was very like very secret you know just just you and roberta other people yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know like just taking my hat off and switching it with the person in the crowd or like getting a, a water bottle and try like pretend to sing like that was just locking yeah i just i i believe that locking is not just the moves mm -hmm. it's the essence of yeah. performing because locking, it's performative it's yeah. it's a show it really yeah. is it doesn't pretend to not be a show exactly And um, you're bringing to mind one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite battles to watch. Maybe there's not so much crowd participation. It's been a while, but Yoshie and Salah. Ooh, I think it's from yeah. a long time ago. It's a deep cut now. Um, maybe 2000. I watch it all the time when I was like really getting into locking. So maybe eight or nine, wow. maybe. And she's unbelievable. But Salah is such a clown and not in a... He's a performer. He's a performer. Yes, he's a performer. He's not a clown. He's a performer. I mean, he is a clown. But <laughs> um, he's a performer with no um, limits on what's cool or, or it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be funny if I did. He doesn't care if yeah. it's funny or cool. And the engagement, not just with the audience, but with the music, his relationship to the music <sighs> yeah. is unreal. Yeah. And I think especially in locking, you have opportunity to have both. Mm -hmm. This crazy intimacy with what's going on and intimacy with the people around you. I, not to bring it back to popping again, but I, I cannot think of a dance other than maybe crumping and tap, which is literally making music, where the dance and the music are that, like, it looks like that snare is coming from Pete. It looks like it's coming from his body. Yeah, And I think... In locking, it's just a symbiosis. It's like the dancer, the sound, the crowd. It makes this whole thing that I really just love. Yeah. Can we just like sit and talk about all the things we love <laughs> about sure. locking? I keep trying to talk about something else, but Let's it's, do not, it. it's not going to happen. Um, yeah, that Yoshie and Salah is the first time I saw like people freestyling and being free with people. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa, the bravery. Because there's like, even in a freestyle, you have a set or you have certain moves. Yeah. But the second you start involving other people, That's, you don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. You have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> you lose control. You lose control. There's and an, it's so exciting. There's another battle that I really like. It's I want to talk Tiffany, about all of them. Tell me all of the battles that I need Tiffany to be watching. Tiffany Bong, shout out to her as yes. well. Yes. Um, amazing locker, amazing woman. She's like, not just locker, she's just an, all an things, amazing dancer. All things, yeah. An educator. So um, her and um, oh 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 oh, it's not uh, uh -oh. Firelock. <gasps> that battle was it's. I don't great. think I've seen this. It's really great. I'm you a should, big Firelock fan as well. They both, they both kill it, but it's it's locking. And I know? love Chi, and I love Hurricane, and I love. Yeah. I don't know. It's been a while since I was like on YouTube, like watching battles. Yes. But I feel that moment right now. I've been dancing with Tony Basil a lot more. Oh, I love that. Um, like uh, for the last for the last three months, at least once oh, a week. Nice. Yeah. And it's it's so good for me. It's good for her. But one of the things one of the things that I love about her is that 
she is not afraid of waiting until the circumstances are just right. Mm. Even if she told me, come over at eight, we'll dance. That doesn't mean we're in the studio getting down at eight. Yeah. That means she like lets me into the house and then she, you know, talks to me about this if that's weird and takes some time to get the thing and we'll wait until the studio is the right temperature and then we'll like just kind of boogie a little, play a different song and then I'll change the song. And she's like, yeah, that. Mm. Do that one one more time. And then... <laughs> And then she'll say, ooh, have you seen this? And then we watch a video. And now she's on. I and love then, that. So because that. of my time with her, I've been watching more videos and I've been introduced. She's very interested in whacking right now. Oh, nice. So I'm now introduced to whacking and thinking, duh, where have I been? What the <laughs> fuck was I doing? I Because most of my uh, funny Tony Basil story, I might have told this before on the podcast, sorry if this is redundant, um, to my regulars, but I was over there once, long, long time ago, like probably six years ago, freestyling, and she was watching me, and she goes, what do you call that? And I was like, ouch, mm. that is embarrassing, I call it freestyle, what does it look like? <laughs> and she was like, no, what style, like what do you call that style that you're doing? And I was like, oh shit, I don't, I've been struggling with that for years. I don't know. Cause again, I'm from ballet tap jazz world mm -hmm. and I just kind of keep the moves that I like and listen real close to whatever the song tells me to do. And then I get imaginative and emotional and like whatever. And she's like, hmm, what's the, what's the majority of your training? And I said, jazz, like we took jazz class three days a week. Well, what wow. we call jazz, not vernacular jazz, but like, okay, you yeah. know technical jazz dancer wearing mm -hmm. leotards jazz. <laughs> um, and she said, call it jazz plus. Your style is jazz plus. You tap, right? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, I can see it. You've got that and you have this and that and this and that. She's like, call it jazz plus. And I cannot believe with all the jazz and funk in my life, whacking is the center circle of that Venn diagram. Mm -hmm. It is funky as shit. And it is jazzy as shit. And I love those things. Why am I not whacking? Why? I'm going to be in your class. You're going to kick me. You're going to be like, Dana, enough. Stop it with a verbal feedback. I'm a very verbal class taker. You've probably noticed by now. But I love, <laughs> as a teacher, I love hearing feedback. Same. So as a student, I'm like, yes. Yes. One more time, please. Thank you. Love that. Yes. Ha, ha, ha. Like, I'm all... The verbal, does it bother you? you no, enjoy it. I love it. Okay. I'm the same. I'm the same type of student. Same. I Well, because it's, it's what I wish I had in class. Exactly. Looking out to a room full of like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's terrifying. I exactly. I don't want to do that to any person who is like, who's teaching me right now. It's the worst <laughs> I punishment. learned that when I, when I started um, teaching too, mm -hmm. for sure. I remember a time that you took my class, speaking of feedback and teaching, uh, you took my class at Genesis. We, we took a break to add a wrist roll which is appropriate. <laughs> uh, so you were taking my class at Genesis. I was teaching either Boogie Wonderland or something else that required conversations about funk. And I asked the class, we need to talk about this. What is funk? Like, what is funk to you other than how I smell right now because I'm a little stressed? <laughs> um, but that's an interesting component of it, like funk and, mm, and, mm, and like, there's not, funk isn't, and funk isn't, mm. you know, there's a mm, to it. Anyways, I asked the room, do you want to go to Auntie Higgins? Do ya? Do ya? Do ya? <laughs> oh, oh, my no. God. Okay. <laughs>
what is funk was the question that I posed to the room. And I loved the way you answered that question. Do you remember how you answered that question? I have an idea. Or how would you answer it today? I just, I, I always take this reference from this book. The name is Funk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it says that funk is everything. It can be, I it, in the book, it kind of says something like funk. It could be as high, like super high, or it could be low. It could mm. be down here. Mm. It could be hot. Funk, funk is hot, but it's also cool. cool. Um, funk is really like girthy. It could be, you know, that type of sexiness, but it could also be very classy and sophisticated. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like funk is just, it embraces a lot of things all together. Yes. yes. Which lines up beautifully with uh, one of the books that I'm reading right now. It's called The Funk Era, I think, or "Funk: The Funk Era and Beyond. I don't remember, but I think it's a textbook. It's a collection of essays. There's no mm. one author. It's like a collection of writings on funk. And uh, one of them cites an interview with George Clinton of Parliament and and P-Funk and Funkadelic and, 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 and George Clinton. Do the rest. Um, he says that funk is whatever you need it to be in order to survive, mm. which speaks to what you just said. You need it to be heat. It's heat. You need it to be cool. It's cool. You need it to be sexy. It's sexy. You need it to be funny. It's mm-hmm. funny. And that really changes the way I approach moving, period. Yeah. Like, thinking of it as necessity instead of as my job, mm-hmm. instead of as socially cool. Like, what do I need right now? And turn to funk for it. That's it. Reading that was hugely pivotal for me. And I love that. But I also love this idea that it's everything. It's anything you need it to be, but it's also truly everything. It could be everything. Yeah. <laughs> Is it everywhere? Can you find it? Where do you find it? Ooh, I think I've found it. I've, I found it within myself, you know? But um, I think every, every person can be funky if they want to. And I remember that I said this in your class. Mm-hmm. Like, is, funk is not just the music genre or, the, or a dance. To me, it's also an essence because mm-hmm. you can find a person in the street who walks mm-hmm. and you can be like, oh, that person, like, that walk is funky. Mm-hmm. Or the way a person can talk, it's funky. You know, they're adding something special to it. So mm-hmm. I think every single person can be funky, even even though like even if they're not dancers or musicians. Mm-hmm. But definitely something that triggered that funk within me was the dance, was locking, mm-hmm. and the music. Yeah. Uh, I think there are a lot of funky people in the world. I think there are a lot of really funky dancers in the world. I think there are far fewer funky leaders, like community mm-hmm. leaders, people interested in the community. I think there are even, okay, it would probably go like funky people, very broad. Um, funky people who are great at teaching, less. Funky people who care about people beyond their moves and in their class is an even fewer, smaller number. Mm. And then the number of those people who are women <laughs> is like minuscule. Can you tell me what it is to you to be a woman in this dance, in this position of teaching, in this position of community leader and as a woman, what is it like there? Does it feel lonely? Does it feel awesome? Does it... Mm, it's not lonely anymore. 
Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm, I'm talking people my age because I do know a lot of... Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. my God. Tony Basil would have slapped me so fast. No. <laughs> I know a lot of uh, women who inspire me uh, to, you know, just keep going. Like mm-hmm. Keely. Yeah. Keely's one of them. Uh, definitely Tiffany, who also did a lot of community work. Mm-hmm. Obviously, people like Tash. Mm-hmm. Even Tony, I got the chance to go out to her house like a few times. Um and she's not a locker, but she is my whacking teacher, Lorena. She, uh-huh. Lorena Valenzuela. She used she used to do a lot of community stuff too. So, like, you've had great examples. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But when it comes to like locking and people my age, I did feel lonely in the beginning, yeah. <laughs> but excited because yeah. when I started teaching, I did notice that in the LA area there was something happening in Long Beach with my friends uh, from Function Point, Oni and Alf. But not in L.A. Yeah. So it felt exciting that I had the chance and the platform because I used to use my Emma classes just to, you know, um, hey, I'm going to do a session this time. You should come over to downtown L.A. Let's yes. do it. <laughs> oh, we've got to talk about Let's Lock. Yeah. So <laughs> did you did you start Let's Lock before you started teaching at ML? It was it same time? Same time. Same time. And so the class at ML was like, let's talk about foundation and do choreography. Yeah. How is that different from Let's Lock? Talk about Let's Lock for a second. Let's Lock, it, it came out as a way for me to give back to the dance um, because I see it from, I saw it from this point of view. I'm a Mexican mm-hmm. person, not black, who started teaching a uh, black dance. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I definitely had the responsibility, first of all, to teach correctly mm-hmm. and be honest with my students and let them know that I didn't know everything. Come. <laughs> Come. <laughs> and that you are, you are a student, yeah. which can be interesting or difficult to say from the perspective of being a teacher. Yeah. Hi, I'm your teacher and I'm a student, but also, hi, I'm a visitor in this style. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. I mean, all that talk about teaching and being honest with my students and just jumping into teaching, it comes from Tash. She was the one who was who told me, we need per, a, pe- a person like you, so LA needs somebody like you. I still have that voice note saved, um, and I listen to it every once in a while, because mm, <laughs> uh, I was so scared, yeah, you know? I was so scared about, about teaching. So Let's Lock came, it happened just as I need to do something for the community here, you know? And, and I love this dance so much that I wanted other people who maybe didn't really have the resources, the mm-hmm. economic resources to pay for the for mm-hmm. a class in ML or maybe who had to commute for a long way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from from LA. Um, so it came out as a way for me to connect and and do something else, do more for the dance. Yeah. So ML was choreo foundation, um, even freestyle, and then let's lock. It was just a space for people to really learn from zero. Because I had cool. a lot of people who didn't know anything. Anything, at least in dance studios, like in our in our Hollywood, people were dancers. They're yeah. professional dancers, yes. so they maybe can they don't up. know locking, but they know how to how count to in eights exactly. and how to yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They can move, so they can learn faster. But you go to downtown LA, and then you have this uh, kid who doesn't really know how to dance so it was teaching them from from zero um and i do remember that 
I <laughs> I had like in a few sessions I had one person just showing up and mm-hmm. I was like it's okay yep. as long as we're, one. Da- we're dancing and I owe a lot of that to scramble lot too because mm. I remember I had this talk with him he reached out to me because he saw that I was starting to do sessions mm-hmm. and he just told me I just want to talk to you because I want to be honest with you and tell you that you may inc- encounter a few things um but How please cool don't is this? he was yeah he yo to be offered that insight from somebody who's been there and done it and learned it the hard way and is saying oh hey I know some of the hurdles that are out ahead yeah. of you can yeah. I tell you this and this and this is going to help with that one. And then with that one, you got yes. this. What a gift. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you see the community that they have over there. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it was like, of course, I'm going to take an advice from him. And yeah. obviously, I knew about Scramble way before that. Um, but yeah, we had this talk and he just told me, even if one person shows up, you need to show up. Even if if no one shows up, you still need to show up because that's going to be consistency and mm-hmm. people... They appreciate consistency, so that session is going to start growing and growing and growing and growing, and it did. Uh, I remember the very last session that we had before COVID, uh, we had like 16 people in there. I love. So I love this. Nice. And your class at Millennium has turned into two classes now. Yes. I want to talk about that a little bit because I know from a teacher's perspective, having an all-levels class is thrilling. I really love it. I yeah. think I think it's important to offer all-levels classes in all styles because simply on principle an advanced dancer needs to know that they can humble down and they need to Mm -hmm. occasionally Mm -hmm. to do some 101 type of stuff and also to put 101 type of dancers in a room with advanced dancers is so wildly inspiring to see what is possible it's so cool so I love those spaces and It can also be really, really challenging as a teacher to want to be moving forward with the the students who are progressing, but to always have first timers in the room means that you have to always start back at zero, especially when you're teaching a style of dance such as locking Mm -hmm. that requires an introduction to the foundation all of the time. Absolutely. So how did you know you had reached a point when you needed to split? and have a beginner's class and have a, or how, actually, how is it that you categorize your classes? Which one is which? And how do you, how do you distinguish them? I would say that the foundation class, it's, is just that like, it could be for beginners, mm-hmm. but an advanced person. And this is something I, I strongly believe in is even though you're advanced, you should always go back to the foundation. 100%. Because you can get lost in, in the sauce and oh, all the time, <laughs> all the time. Yeah. I have, I have a new habit in my, in my pace and in my tags where I'm punching all of a sudden, all of a sudden I don't use my wrists. Mm. All of a sudden Tony Basil called it out. She was like, "Mm." (laughs) didn't love it. Uh, (laughs) And I think it became from getting so advanced that I started dancing faster. And when I, and when you go faster, you really, I just started. And then all of a sudden I never, even when it was slow, I didn't let this go. So Mm. it's an interesting thing. Yes. Always, always something to be learned from going back to basics. So is that your Saturday class? That's my Saturday class. Your fundamentals one? Yes. Okay. Fantastic. I also need to be there. (laughs) I I want to be training. If, could I just someone pay me to train? I know it would be amazing. I want to be taking (laughs) class all the time. It would be amazing. Do you still train or what are your favorite genres to train in also you're a fitness person right you're uh, loving to cross train i wouldn't say i'm a fitness person but i i, I do like to to work out yes is it <laughs> why why <laughs> i just think it's necessary uh-huh i love you that know, as an answer because it's necessary yeah i love feeling strong 
Yes. I work out because I like the feeling of feeling strong. Ever since my first tour, actually, was very fortunate that the person that trained Justin, his name is Jason Bonner, who's mm. also a podcast guest, was very generous with his time wow. and wasn't there just for Justin. I mean, certainly he prioritized Justin's time, yes. but he would train anyone that would show up at the gym. That's and amazing. I learned so much and my dancing improved and my yes. the my stamina, my endurance, like my joints stopped hurting because my mm. muscles mm. were stronger. I really love a cross training. Is there any other thing that you cross train at outside of dance? Not really. It's just it's just the gym and you know cardio yeah. and stuff like that, but for sure, like I started doing it out of necessity. Were you hurting? I was hurting, mm -hmm. you know, and then I realized that the more the the stronger you are, it, your dance it shows. Yeah. Especially in locking, where we have to do splits, and if you want to do a knee drop, you you need to control that fall. You mm -hmm, need to understand mm -hmm, your mm -hmm. body. So it really helped me for body consciousness. But that I think that's pretty much it. And now it's like a habit. So because it makes me feel good too. Totally. Yeah. Uh, th there is an actual chemical react. Like endorphins make you happy. Yeah. Period. When we were talking about battling. And your decision to do the Red Bull thing, part of it was also necessity, right? Like yeah. you said, I need a visa. I need credits or credibility or whatever mm -hmm. the word is that you would offer our government that says I need to be here. <laughs> um, and I think that kind of answers the question of like, how did you know you were ready for that? But in general, in life, what is it that you listen to? How do you make decisions? How do you know when it's time to do a certain thing? Are you uh, put it out there to the world? Are you a listen to the gut? Are you a talk to another source? What like what helps you navigate? Ooh, I, I like that question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's very internal uh -huh. and also external with whatever you believe in. You know, like I was raised as Catholic, but mm -hmm. then started noticing that I was, I, I don't believe in church like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was raised this way, then I started to notice. Yeah. I don't believe in I that. I do believe there's something out there because I'm, I, I know there is, you know? And even if it's your, your purpose or your destiny that is taking you to different paths in life, mm -hmm. um, whatever it is, I think it's that connection with whatever source yeah. there is. Yeah. And I just tried, I try to trust because I'm also very stubborn when it comes to like new things and very, I, I, you know, like as, as any human being, whatever you don't know, it could be scary, right? Totally, yeah. So, but I've learned to understand and to identify those key moments in life where I need to do things now. Uh -huh, like uh -huh. when the opportunity just shows, it's okay. You got to show it's up. It's time. Now. Yeah. It won't it's all, time. it won't all be given. Yeah. There's a moment where you have to go get. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's just, I think it's, it is natural. I remember even recently when I started judging, same thing. I remember I got offered to judge like it was during, but wait a little bit before COVID. Uh -huh. And I said, no, because uh -huh. I was not ready. I just, I didn't feel ready. I, I was, I was, was teaching for maybe like a year or two and mm -hmm. I was like I can't mm. be judging yet um, and it was 
it's annoying more like, it was annoying it, it is more like yeah like self-consciousness yep um and also because i was not battling as much and stuff like that you know for me i think you do need to earn that respect and yeah. that comes from the street dance world you it know? comes from everywhere the idea of earn r respect yeah is everywhere Same with industry yeah you know? yeah and then COVID hit so <sighs> i was like well there you go okay so i <laughs> will continue to adapt and years later i get the same offer and then i was like okay let's try it yeah and also because i have other plans now like green card stuff and all the mm -hmm, things and mm -hmm. even though i just got my second visa and i had three years i need to start working on other stuff so yeah and then started judging more people starts coming up to me so that's when i know like okay now i have something to offer and now I have, I can have more of a vision. I've seen more dancers. Um, I have more, a broader, broader idea mm -hmm. of what I'm looking for. Yeah. So that's when I started judging. It's the same thing with, um, with teaching. I think that's why I reached out to many people yeah. to ask for their opinions. Even Ray Bassa, actually. Yeah. Like, shout out to him because I started Absolutely teaching because of Ray. Ray. Did you really? He was the one who told me, maybe you can start subbing at ML because uh -huh. I know that you know the fundamentals and I would really like to learn and da 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 What year did you start teaching at ML? I started in 2019. Was that, I think it, was that after Hilti and Bosch did a short stint there? Yes. They yeah. started their class and then they left and then they left it to Leo. Yes. Um, and then Leo, I think he went on tour. Yeah. And, and that's that when, when I started in? subbing. Amazing. Yeah. I really loved, I think that was my first, other than, you know, when I met Locking, which I think was in 2006, maybe, and I was dancing with Basil at her house, or I would take Lockadelic's class at Millennium. Amazing. And Sugar Pop would teach at Old Evolution. Amazing, yeah. And that was it. And then I, I had only ever seen Hilti and Bosch on YouTube. Them getting to ML and seeing that Incredible. happen in person was insane. And I knew, I was like, you guys are going to make locking Incredible. happen for LA. I was like, this is it. And I went to their first class and there was like seven people there. And I was like, LA, where are you at? You're where are you? Me. I right. was pissed. But of course they built, like you said, it really doesn't matter who you are nope. or what you've done, <laughs> but you, there is a, um, a period of showing consistency and showing your investment to where people will also say, okay, then yes, I invest in you. Yeah. You invest in this, I invest in you, yeah. we have this relationship. And so I'm so glad that that spot continued to foster because now I look at LA and I look at your class and I'm like, yo, there's funky people all over the place. I'm just so this happy about so that. This is so nice. I really am too. That was a goal it's when huge. I started teaching. You, you built a thing, you planted a seed that I grew mean, into it. me. <laughs> I, it's true, it's true, but... There, not to say that there was nothing and that there were no people fostering growth, but you definitely continued and are continuing to show up. And it's a, a very cool thing to watch happen. That was the, the goal when I started teaching. And just to like, aside from, I'm going to put that in pause for a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, Hilton Bosch was the first class that I took when I came to LA <gasps> in 2015 because <gasps> they were teaching a workshop and I saw that. Like a pop-up thing. Yeah. It was a pop-up workshop. I saw that. I was like, I need to be there. I need to be there. I took that class. That's where I met Tiffany, David, like everybody. Cool. I didn't even know who they were. Cool. But I have a picture with them because they were just so nice. Yes. Um, that was the first class that I took in L.A. And then the fact that I took over that class years later. Full circle. It was that's, a full circle. Wow, that's gorgeous. But yeah, um, when I started teaching, the goal was 
not just to be me, the teacher, you know? Um, so now I'm really happy to say that, like, nowadays I do have my two slots at, at Millennium, and mm -hmm. that's great. But I started teaching at Roots, and cool. it kind of became a little difficult, but, and I left the class, but I left it to two of my, of my friends. Uh -huh. So now there's Al and my friend from Russia, Sam, who's teaching that class, who okay. are teaching that class. Same with Offstage. Yep. It was a drive. It, it, it was really good to to teach there but at the same time it was risky and it was just Where a lot it? uh orange county yeah so to drive there on a friday at six to get there at 6 p.m it was a two-hour drive um <laughs> so i was like you know what i'm starting my second <laughs> class at millennium so i'm gonna leave this taper class. that out taper that out yeah so now there's like other classes in la that i like it like it is reality i started those slots yeah. but now other people are teaching so isn't that the greatest it's growing yeah, and it's growing and it's growing let's log we united let's lock with function point and we created this uh, new session called uh la locking lab okay which is really cool because now i feel like i don't have to be there all the time in yes. order for things to happen yes there's this other guy his name is al who is like really involved in the community they already performed with the gravenators for the for another um event they're doing performances a few of my students are, are performing with them we still have the sessions nice. uh, we might do them bi-weekly nice. uh, next year but it's not like i'm there to right. like hovering like now i can be like you know what? Maybe I can start stepping away a little bit. Of course, I'm still present. It's it's stepping away with love and yeah. knowing that and, like wow, and trusting, this can, and this trusting can go. This will students. go. Yeah, trusting in like I have an amazing student. I'm sure you've you've met her, Sarah. Yeah, she started locking with me, and now she's uh, battling. She's, and, she's battling. Yeah, yep. She's training with. She's learning with Tash. She's learning from the hoot lockers, and I definitely I can't wait to. Like have her as my sub for my classes. Start her own class. You know, just it's gonna be so I'm good. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> I'm getting emotional, and I'm also hearing in myself that I will battle someday. Absolutely. Oh my god. We are planning on creating an event too. I wanna like that's a project that I wanna have like a a personal a personal project because I really have a lot of ideas. <laughs> of course, I'm open for help from the LA Locking Left people, but that's something I I really wanna organize. Just a weekend, you know, yeah. of workshops and uh, conferences, a funk party, and then just finish with a cute battle, but bring in like I a live band. Need to battle at a cute battle. battle. I will be battling at the cute battle with, with a, live a live band. band. You know, so like that's that's the culture that I just want to like. Keep. You tell me how I can help. This is Please. fantastic. Yeah, this needs to exist. Supporting and and sharing. You know. Yes. But what's your kind of like uh, ideal time? When do you see this happening? Maybe around May. Okay. Hopefully we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm still like, like I said, I'm looking at everything like this mm -hmm. and be like, oh, there's more people here. There's mm -hmm. other people yeah. here. And just, okay. Maybe there's like 30 lockers or 30 aspiring lockers in LA. Now we can host something because nice. it's been something that has been on my mind since I started teaching. Yep. Um, but then you have a session of five people and then it's like yeah no maybe we wait <laughs> maybe we wait <laughs> maybe we wait uh, so i just want to have a, a big um base in la yeah and then have people from overseas come over uh, cool. that would be the goal but something else that i really like i give credit to the gray one as well is that now freestyle session has a locking category again yeah by itself come on last year it was locking and whacking together uh-huh this year's they have their own category. So that makes me 
hopeful yes. that this is growing and uh, and that just more women uh, are getting involved in locking because yeah i just yes we need it you know yes i mean i don't want to say i don't want put i don't want to put anything out there but i do believe that um, a lot of women are very conscious and aware and we need more people like that in the community more community leaders who are selfless and just invested in the dance and not really think about like themselves and what i can what can i get from this Mm. um so i think like yeah, Sarah mm-hmm. Akari, who is also from Japan. Um, definitely, obviously, like the people who has been involved, Tiffany, mm-hmm. Tash, like mm-hmm, all of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We need women like that. Let's go. So I'm fucking showing up. It's it's happening. I, I think it's happening. I know that it is. I see it. I feel it. It's very exciting. I can't wait for this to happen. Yes, give me the word. I will for sure. help in any way that I can. For sure. Okay, are you ready for a final burnout round? I'm calling it wrist roll with Ooh, it. okay. We have to go fast, okay? <laughs> oh, I'm very excited about I'll this try. first one. <laughs> I know we kind of very quickly brush on it, but I do want you to like close your eyes, zoom out, think about it. Your favorite battles, go. Whether they're on YouTube or not, whether you were involved or not, favorite battles. Mm, Tiffany Bong and, it's not in order, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. just overall. Tiffany Bong and, and Hurricane. Okay. Uh, not Hurricane, sorry, Firelock. There um, we go. Oh, the one you mentioned. Yep. Yes. Uh, Kid Boogie and Boogie Frantic against J-Rock and Green Tech. That battle was really good. What was that at? Uh, first Tell Session. Okay. I'll find yeah. it. Yeah. Locking. Yeah. Uh, Flowmaster. I don't remember who he battled against. I think it's a girl from Japan, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. Sorry, from uh-huh. or Korea. Um, but it's in Summer Dance Forever. Uh-huh. You can just look for Flowmaster... Summer Dance Forever, and he also has another battle against Hurricane. Okay. Big fan. And that was a big fan. Incredible. Great. Yeah. I think those are those are the okay. ones that I remember. Uh, what do you tell yourself before you battle? What are the last words that go through your head? Have fun. Nice. Uh, what's your favorite move? Ooh. I like wrist rolls. Me too. And and the pace. Well, the keeping time. <laughs> um, I love all of the locking vocabulary. Yeah. I don't think I could choose, but there's some about giving yourself five that also feels very good. <laughs> Ooh, is there a song that is so roasty that is like off limits to you? A song that's like so good that you would never touch it? Oy, that I would never touch it? Yeah. Or have never touched. Maybe is like something that like is in your playlist that's like oh someday someday i'm gonna let it have it hmm. that's a good question i don't think so for me it was for for a long time i avoided resisted superstition by stevie wonder oh. i eventually did make a combo to it which i like but it's not perfect because i mean woof like such good music i really love <laughs> it so you don't know you don't think you have one i don't, I don't think so no i do have favorite like a song that Makes me want to move all the time, but not what is like it? Jam by Michael Jackson. Yes. Yeah. Also, would you be willing to share? Are you a Spotify or an Apple person? Apple. Okay. Would you be willing to share one of your class playlists? Yeah. Because every time I come into your class and we we dance to different songs and we try the combo to different pieces of music, I'm always like, I love this song. Absolutely. And then the next song, I'm like, this song is great. <laughs> uh, we, we'll share it with this episode. That'd be yeah. awesome. Okay. Uh, if you could do a duet with anyone, living or dead. Who would it be? I would love, uh, well, first of all, Don. <laughs> Come on. Don Campbell. I know. And 
I maybe taco. Nice. Pop and taco. Pop and taco for sure. Like recently, I've been learning a lot from Kirbugi and mm -hmm. and Skeet too. Mm -hmm. You know, like them three, and I don't know if you know Dallas. Mm -mm. She was a whacker. Okay. But I've seen videos of her, and she's amazing. Just cool. strong, powerful woman who didn't really care, or she didn't really give a shit. I love that. <laughs> There is something about that. I know that caring about what other people think has served me well. It helped me understand mm. respect for my dance teachers. It helped me learn new skills. It, like helped me win dance competitions or do well at auditions, but like caring about what other people think of me has served me well. But one of my favorite, like one of my most attractive qualities in artists in general, not just dancers, is the not giving a fuckness. Yeah. I'm always, that always looks so cool to me. Maybe it's because I'm not as good at it. I'm mm -hmm. good at caring. I'm less good at not caring. But it's interesting you bring that up. Um, and also you, like oh. just putting it out there. What? Like it's not just because I'm here, but like since you started taking my class and I started like finding my, finding out about you and then that, me taking your class and you're an amazing educator too. Thank you. Like you're definitely on my list. And as a woman that, it's, it's a plus. You know? It's Let's a go. plus. Oh, uh, like sooner than later. Yeah. Let's go this fall. Let's right, do it. right now. Okay. Okay. Leave town on Sunday. Get back on Monday. I'll call you on Tuesday. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm very excited. Um, I don't remember what I was going to say. Oh, it's a little card. She's oh, flattered. <laughs> Women who made you move. You've mentioned your mentor a couple times, and and we didn't talk much about today, but you've had several teachers who have guided you, both by what to do and what not to do. But I would love to hear about some of the women who have shaped your life, not even just your dance, mm -hmm. but more broad. Well, my life, my mom, yeah. obviously. First of all, like she's <laughs> she's an inspiration for me. She's taught me to be determined and mm -hmm. persistent. Mm. Uh, same as my dad, right? But we're talking women. So my mom, <laughs> my sister too. Yeah. She's very, very strong-minded, but sh she knows how to do things, you know, how to get things done for uh -huh. sure. So I have really two really great examples. Dance-wise, I would say Lore, mm -hmm. my friend Lorena, for sure. She's my sister, and I, I owe a lot to her, too. Did she used to teach uh, at ML, ML also? Yes, I've taken yeah. her class before, and I... Unfortunately, I would just get caught in watching. I just, like, I could watch you dance all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, active participant, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She's, yeah, she's one. And actually, well, me and Hondo, we used to be her assistants. Oh, so cool. we're taking over her slot at, at New ML. ML. Full circle again. again. Like, Fantastic. It was the same time, 8.15 to, to 9.45. That was her slot. And now, like, me and Hondo, we're, we're going to do our best to wait to honor her to, and to honor the dance as well. I can't um, wait. Back to women. Yes. Tash, mm -hmm. for sure. Love her. Please look, like, yes. do oh, some research. We will be show noting the shit out of this list yes. and yeah. this conversation in general. She's one person that definitely... Um, not a lot of people know about, but because I feel like that's her choice. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. But she's a bridge between generations. She knows every single locking. Interesting, yeah. OG. She, I believe, she started learning with uh, from Skeet OG mm -hmm. um, from Skeet um, Skeet Rabbit. In peace, yeah. And then he started learning with uh, with the lockers. So cool. and also Scooby. Mm. So she knows a lot of the history and and she's not. 
she's not scared of sharing that information with the new generation. So I really look up to that. That's cool. But she's always been doing a lot of work, but not so much. It's not for her. Like, right. it's not for her own credit. So obviously, she deserves her flowers all the time. But, you know, I, like, I wish a lot of people knew about her a little bit more. But she's one inspiration. And um, Keely. Yeah. Keely, too. I remember I was not dancing at the time. I was just starting to remember watching this music video um, from Justin Bieber. With mm -hmm. the beat freaks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I saw Maris from Paris. Yep. And I saw Keely. And I was like, what mm -hmm. is happening? Like, who are they? Maris with her popping and her freestyle. So funky. She was so funky. And her performance, her awareness. Her, she had me like geek out like about her for, for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I, it's funny because when I when I came here the first time, I stayed at her house, her, her, home, home for dancers. Yep, yep. And I remember she had to drop something off and she knocked my door and I was like, oh, shoot, like that's her, <laughs> you know? Um, she gave me a shirt, I think, uh, from Home for Dancers or something like that. And now, like, shout out to Mary Sue. Um, she shares a lot of my things in the Home for Dancers page and stuff like that. So it's like, again. She's got to be on the podcast, Tash too. And Keely, thank you for this list. Yes. That's the future sure. words that move me guest list. For sure. <gasps> Incredible. Yeah. Um, Is there anyone else? Maybe Paula Abdul. I really oh, love her work. Movement. Love her movement. That yes. type of dance is something that I really love. You know, that style. I know it's jazz. So jazz influence with uh, other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. She inspires me a lot when, like, choreography-wise. Nice. A genius to me. Nice. Agree. Cosine. Yeah. Fully cosine. Okay. This is second to last question. Okay. But the last question that we'll tape. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> I would love to know what are the words that move you the most? Uh, representation. Represent. I think, you know, as a woman, mm -hmm. as an immigrant from Mexico, I think that word really moves me and gives me purpose. Boom. Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing that purpose, for sharing your wisdom and your story with us. I am very excited about a round two, which we will have to do uh, near slash around the time of the event, whenever for your sure. locking event happens. Let's for do sure. this again. And also let's dance together very soon. Yes. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm genuinely, I'm very excited. Me too. Check your face. Okay, relax. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you very much for being here. I thank so appreciate you. your time and really appreciate your talent and everything that you've done for the community in LA and everything I'm sure that you're doing for people where you come from, which didn't have locking period at all, question mark? Ooh, there is. In Puebla? Uh, Puebla, not so much, but Mexico. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. Way more lockers for than, sure. L than the U.S. <laughs> what do you think? I, I know I said final question, but uh, I asked this of Marty the other day, and he said that it was a good question he hadn't thought of. What do you think young Zuse would think of you now? Oof. I don't think she could believe it, you know? <laughs> I don't think she could believe what I'm doing. Cool. Um, but she would be proud mm -hmm. and excited. Yeah. I yeah. absolutely think you should be. Current Zuse should be proud Thank and excited. You. Thank you again for being here. I really Thank appreciate you, it. Thank you for giving the space to any type of oh, man. artist. Because it's not just dancers, but artists. 
Thank you. It, this is a part of my purpose, the sharing thing. Like we talked about, you know, having a, a an ability and a responsibility to share, especially lessons that have been hard won. Um, I think with how the world operates today, how easy it is to put information out there and how easy it is to put bullshit out there. I would love to put as much useful and inspiring information into the world as possible. Uh, and so and that this is, is always I, appreciated. I, I plan on continuing and I plan on continuing to involve you and continuing Thank to you. champion all the ways that you are doing the same. Thank you. I mean, life is always rewarding you, you know, for yes. the things that you do. Yes. Oh, the alternative is gnarly. Yeah. If I just sat here with all of these things to say, but not never, never, and all these things to ask actually, because that's what the podcast has become secretly is like just me having a front row seat to learning all the learning that I can <laughs> from all my favorite people. <laughs> like, why would I not do that? I have to do that. I have to do that. It's what I have to do. Yeah. Necessity. Oh, I love a full circle. Good theme. Thank Necessity. You. This has been very inspiring for me. I hope it's been inspiring for everyone listening and watching. We are a visual podcast now. If you're if you're one of my regulars that's listening over there on good old uh, iTunes or Spotify or Google Play or 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 there are so many places the podcast these days. But especially for those people watching, because I love giving faces to people who so often work behind mm -hmm. the scene. Choreographers, I love giving voices to dancers who often don't get to speak so thank you for sharing your voice thank you for watching slash listening and keep it funky i'll talk to you soon this podcast was produced by me with the help of many big big love to our executive assistant and editor riley higgins our communications manager is ori vajadares our music is by max winnie logo and brand design by brie reitz thumbnails and marketing by fiona small you can make your tax-deductible donations to Words That Move Me, thanks to our fiscal sponsor, the Dance Resource Center, and also many thanks to you. I'm so glad you're here, and if you're digging the pod, please share it, leave a review and rating, and if you want to coach with me and the many marvelous members of the Words That Move Me community, visit wordsthatmoveme.com. If you're simply curious to know more about me and the work I do outside of this podcast, visit thedanawilson.com.